to God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atoned for sins and Sunday. Amen. We rejoice in the fact that we get the privilege and opportunity to give to the kingdom of God. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Get a little nervous there. I wasn't sure you're going to say it or not. This is a wonderful day. Not only is it giving Sunday, man, the weather's beautiful now. I know that it's cold and we like the, that, but this beautiful snow that fell and then the calm that came after that with the blue skies and Tammy's in Alabama. And of course, uh, I'm a proud grandfather again. At about 12.39 this morning, we had our ninth one. And his name, a little disappointing the name, but I'll get over it. Uh, it's Charlie Wade. I thought it was going to be Wade Mark, and, uh, but it's not. I don't know what's going on with that. But anyways, I'll, I'll forgive him. But anyway, little Charlie Wade, 7.7 7 ounces, pounds. 7 pounds, 7 ounces, ah, and 19 inches long. So we're we're happy and uh, thankful for, uh, as far as I know, I haven't talked to him. I just saw, I went to bed at late and, and it was 1230 and it was this morning. I got up praying that God would be there with my uh, daughter-in-law through the delivery, not knowing she'd already delivered it, but we're thankful and we're blessed. And uh, I, when I go to prayer every day, I'm, I thank God for his blessings in my life and our family. I know you do the same thing and uh, I'm blessed to have a church family I can come to this morning. Amen. And I'm just looking forward to this wonderful day. Well, we, uh, Travis and Courtney, they're, they're uh, working through the new parenthood thing. And uh, I guess they didn't get very much sleep last night. So uh, he, they're not here with us today. So we're praying for you all as you're watching, I hope. or you're, Maybe not, you're probably sleeping. But uh, we, are, we miss you. So I'm going to try to do the announcements. Uh, of course, it's Giving Sunday. And uh, so we're gonna, we've been asking you to pray about, consider what God would have for you to give towards this $35,000 capital campaign project as we uh, prepare ourselves for the summer season and the air conditioning that we're going to desperately need in this building. And so that, I think that, that air conditioning work starts this week, and we're excited about that. But we need to um, raise these funds not only for the air conditioning system, but a remodel of the ladies' bathroom. And uh, I do apologize. There does seem kind of uh, like a, every once in a while I, I step in there, and, and uh, it's... it's uh, I'm not, I'm not happy with it. I'll put it that way. That's all I'll say. Well, this needs done. That's, that's the bottom line. It needs done. And so we're going to be doing that. We've already got the ceiling um, uh, repaired, and that was $4,000. And uh, so uh, we're coming to an end, really, in many of the projects right here in the, in, the, in the church. And so I thank you for all that you've done over the last several years, remodeling the sanctuary and all that's been happening. You've been, you've been giving sacrificially. And I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart, but we get to do it again today, and so uh, we're looking forward to that. Afterwards, there's going to be a pitch-in meal over at the ICHA cafeteria, 
And so um, make your way there as quickly as possible, and we'll, we'll enjoy a time of fellowship. And, and then uh, the board decided tonight not to have the evening service um, in respect to the ladies who will be there probably late as they try to clean up and get prepared, and many of you drive a long way. And so we will not have the evening service tonight. So enjoy the rest and the time with your family, and uh, let's just continue to rejoice. Uh, see, I don't think we have any, any, help me out, folks, okay? Any, any new stuff going on the week before, so a few weeks? I don't think so right now, um, but we'll keep you up to date as we get closer to those things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege you have of being in your house. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace and your blessings in our life, our family's life. Thank you, dear Lord, for uh, um, our baby being born this uh, last night. We pray, Lord, that she'll be with Heidi and Jordan today, and we pray you keep your hand upon them, bless them in a special way. You know every need that's represented here this morning. You know, dear Lord, our needs individually. Lord, meet those needs today. Father, I pray that those that are not with us this morning, that you'll reach down and touch them. Pray, oh God, that you'll be faithful to them, we ask. Now bless, Lord, we pray, in all that we do that will honor you. In Jesus' holy name. stand. Let's worship him this morning.
So cachéish if we're not careful um, when we sing, but this, the simplicity of the uh, of the truth is there. God is good, and He's been so good to me. And I know that every one of you, I'm sure, can attest to the very same thing because He's a good God, Amen. And that's His character, and uh, He can't do anything else but be good because that's who He is. I'm so thankful that I serve a very good God. He's a just God, but that doesn't change His goodness and the love and the grace that he, sh he sheds abroad in our lives every single day. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I specifically want to remember uh, uh, Joy Spear and the family. I was trying to think of her maiden name, but I can't right off the top of my head, so please forgive me. But uh, lost her brother Troy, many of you know, um, this week, uh, tragedy. looks like, I'm assuming, last that we 
heard probably a heart attack that took his life. And they'll be laying him to rest tomorrow. And I know this is difficult on Jamie and the family. And uh, so let's, let's remember them uh, as we uh, pray uh, this morning. Uh, let's can let my wife's way pray for me. Um, I need your prayers desperately. As, and, and Charles has been, uh, he's, he's been here by himself too. It's been tough on him. We've both been calling each other and crying. And, and uh, Jordan's decided finally to come home uh, to comfort him. Thank you, Jordan, for doing that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's, let's pray for one another. I, I don't, some aren't here this morning, and, and so let's remember them. We've already talked about uh, Travis and Courtney. Let's remember them as we pray uh, today. You're going to have to stand again, and I'm sorry for that as we go to the Lord in, in prayer. Father, we thank you again for the privilege you have of being able to come to you knowing, Lord, that you care, knowing, Lord, um, that it's just not um, words that we speak. It's, um, it's, it's heartfelt praise and thanks um, from the very bottom of our hearts for all of your blessings in our life. And you are good to us, Lord, and we're thankful for that. We thank you, dear Lord, that you oversee us in the cares of life and uh, you bring the comfort that we need uh, right when we need it. And Lord, we have, <clears throat> we, have, we have experienced that through our lives, not just one time, but numerous times through the years of the undergirding arms of God in the midst of our hurts and the trials of life. And Lord, you have been there. So Lord, we want to praise you this morning. We've come, Lord, to worship you and to give you the honor and glory that you deserve. You're such a wonderful God. And so, Lord, we're here this morning on purpose to lift up the na your name today. Lord, you know um, the, the, our needs and the hurts that we experience. And I think, dear Lord, of, of joy and the family, um, the siblings and, and, and that, are, that are struggling with this uh, loss, of course, um, uh, the, the, the family, his wife, and, 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 and those, dear Lord, that are close at Detroit. We pray, oh God, that you'll just give them added strength and encouragement during this very difficult time in their lives. Pray, Father, that you'll just be with them in a very special way over the next several hours, Lord, as they lay Troy to rest. Lord, you know all the other needs that are represented here this morning. You know the hearts, dear Lord, of each one. I pray, oh God, that you'll meet those needs. Pray, dear Lord, uh, that you'll just wrap your loving arms around each one. Pray, dear Lord, for Sister England will be going through surgery on Tuesday. I pray, oh God, that you'll go before her and, and once again give Dan and, and, and the doctor's wisdom, Lord, as they um, replace their hip. I pray, oh God, that you'll just give them added strength, dear Father, um, and, and, and be there with them in a special way. Lord, I pray you'll bless, dear Lord, this morning in this service. You know, Lord, we're here t today, and it's a special day. Lord, as we get the privilege to be able to give um, for the furtherance of your kingdom. We thank you, dear Lord, for this building that was given to, given um, to this location many years ago. And thank you, for, dear Lord, those who are involved in that. And we praise you, dear Lord, for their vision for, for this community and this area. And Lord, this church has stood here as a beacon of light to this community, Father, for many, many years. And Lord, we thank you for this place. We can come in the comfortable uh, place that we have to be able to worship. And so, Lord, I, we're looking forward. Father, to being able to give, to continue that legacy, continue that ministry right here in Greenfield, Indiana. Thank you, dear Lord, for all that you have done for us. Thank you, dear Lord, for the blessing this church has been over the years. I pray you'll continue to bless it in the future. Bless in all that we do and say this morning that will honor and glorify you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
Thank you, J.D. and Holly, for that, and the kids that did that today, yeah, that song. Isn't it uh, uh, wonderful to see our kids learning these songs and singing them with such enthusiasm, amen? And uh, we're blessed to have a good group of kids that are part of this church, and uh, their, their time is Wednesday night, and they're here very faithfully on Wednesday nights and um, learning Scripture. And we know that Holly uh, uh, takes a lot of time and puts effort into that. It's very creative. I'm thankful for that. And Katie also, who supports her so, so, uh, so willingly, and I'm just thankful for our children's ministry. It's time for us to give. Aren't you excited? Now, you, I, I sat down, and I saw Dan over there whispering. I knew exactly what he was whispering about. Is this the witch offering? I should explain that. That was not the offering for the, the giving. If you've, done, if you've done that, you've got to take it back, all right? I'm, no, I'm kidding. We'll decipher it. We'll figure it out. But what we're doing now is we're going to um, hand out pledge cards in a moment. And uh, if you guys want to go ahead and do that. And uh, I, I'm just, listen, I'm asking everybody to take a pledge card, okay? Um, it's, there's been some things that have been broken down. Uh, maybe, maybe make it easier on you. But I just want you to know that there's already been the board and the leadership of this church has already stepped up. And the, the tally that we already have and we've already raised right now, I believe, is $19,000 towards the $35,000. So that would be our leadership. It felt very important. The board felt it very important that if we're going to ask our congregation to give, that we as leaders ought to be the ones that step up first and give our offerings um, uh, first. So right now, that means, what does that mean? You don't, have, we, we, you don't even have to raise the other half. Because I'm not a mathematician. I'm a, I'm a public speaker. But I think I can do the math, all right? Now, I know I missed last week on, on the math a little bit when I said that 11-11 that added up to 21. And uh, I, I figured out afterwards that was actually 22, okay? $16,000 is what the rest of the congregation's got to raise, all right? Um, even if you give $25, um, Again, you're going to enjoy the benefits of what you're giving as you come here on Sunday mornings uh, and Sunday nights and, and Wednesdays. Amen? Everybody said amen. Amen, Pastor. Yeah. The ones that come. <laughs> anyway, nobody found any, any, any humor in that. Isn't that sad? It's just me, a few others. Um, you're going to enjoy the benefits of that. And, uh, of course, this has been a, a long time in coming. Um, as far as I know, Don Leonard, those are some of the original units that were here. And again, I can't, I'm, I'm not sure the exact numbers, um, but it's been 50 years. Or, am I, well, I think some of those may be changed, right, Don? Can you help me out a little bit? Are those, any of those original? Okay, I, we, we've talked a little bit about it, but anyway, um, they have lasted quite a long time. And, uh, but they have uh, finally um, come to the point where it need, we believe as a board that we need to put in new units. And so that's been an, a, an agreement. And so, again, I, I don't think I need, with, with any, we're gonna, we have a graph here. I'm going to put the graph up. And uh, Sam is keeping that um, up to date as we speak or going to. And so after I preach this morning, I think there's going to be a graph coming up, maybe. I don't know. But after I pre preach this morning, um, then the, we're going to tally up what we've brought in. By the way, this can be either pledges or actual giving this morning, all right? We've been telling you about this for over a month and preparing for it, and so um, it can be a pledge. We'd love to see it in by the end of March because 
uh, as far as we know, that's going to be probably the target date to complete the project. And one of our own is doing that, so we're grateful for that. But we want to make sure that his business is taken care of as well. And so we want to pay our, our, our debt, obviously. And uh, so, um, but again, if there's a situation where you can't get it in, obviously, then this, once again, is your pledge. It's none of our business. Uh, it's between you and God. And uh, so we're just asking you to do your very best in this offering today to meet this need. So there's the graph. Remaining amount. Is it more than somehow? Is that, is that up to date or am I missing something there? Oh, so yeah, we are, we are missing something. Obviously, it's, it's, it's bigger than that. And, and Sam, I, okay, there, there we go. All right, so that gives you, uh, yeah, right there. So, um, and we will keep that before you every week from, from here on out, okay? Um, especially until we reach our goal. And I hope that we do that today. That would be wonderful. Amen? Is there enough, is there enough consumer confidence in this building that, that we feel like that we can meet this goal today? Do we feel like that we can do it? Just say amen whether you think we can or not. All right? That'll make, that'll just really encourage me. <laughs> I do. I believe we can. And, um, you know, sometimes we can be of little faith. And so I'm going to have to go on record that I have been a little bit of little faith. I'm going to be honest with you. And when our board and some of the leaders and the staff have, have come forward with their pledges today, um, and I heard that, that was some of the best news I've heard as I've walked onto the platform in quite a long time. And, uh, and so I thank you so much, leadership team, for stepping up and leading this congregation um, at, with, with your finances. And you do that on a weekly basis, but I'm also thankful for that. So if you did not get a pledge card, make sure you get one. Everybody get a pledge card. All right, I'm giving you the opportunity. Write down your pledge. You can put that pledge amount in this next offering as the ushers are coming forward. You can place your pledge into this offering. Dan is our, our vice chairman. Dan, I want you to stand up and pray for this offering in a, in a moment. But l let's do our best. Everybody had time to write down their number? All right. You, you always say, have you wrote out your check yet? But nobody has any checks anymore. By the way, if you look on, some of you do. Uh, we don't use checks too often. Cash app, Venmo, all those neat things. On the website, there is a place there also that you can give online. So if you would rather give online today, you can go to our website, and there is a place to, to put your, um, the amount that you're giving. Um, the pledges will be, that'll be tallied, will be put in manually later on in our church track, which will keep us up to date on, uh, on our progress. Um, but this is exciting. It really is an exciting day. I, I, I'm just thankful um, that uh, uh, the board decided to do it this way to kind of give you an opportunity um, to be able to prepare and to pray. I've had families tell, tell me that they've been praying every evening um, for what God would have them to do. And uh, I'm just thankful that we've taken this seriously and I know that it's going to be a blessing to our congregation. So thank you so much. Dan, would you stand and pray? Thank you, Lord. Um, <coughs> beautiful morning. Would you be in your Bless each one that gives. Thank you for all that has already been pledged and given. I pray you'll meet this need according to your interest. Uh, Christians, we pray. Thank you for all you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus name.
I want to say thank you to those that have been filling in uh, with music again and, and so thankful for um, Anita helping out. She is uh, very busy, a lot of hours working where she's at, and so uh, she's expressed to me that she will be grateful to help, and she has, but um, can't give all the time that she would like to and that energy because understandable because of some of the hours that she is having to put in. And but I'm just so thankful for her and Jesse and everybody that's helping out. And so and they're going to continue to help out as we go on, and they're doing a fantastic job. So I, don't, I want everybody to understand um, we're not trying to get outsiders to come in to take their place, okay? I think they're very grateful that we're doing that, and they'll take the break. That has nothing to do with it at all, but we are looking. Some people are coming in, and so I'm not going to tell you it is next week, but come back Sunday for a surprise because we'll have some musicians that are, are going to be coming here, and they're going to be taking, taking the music on Sunday morning for us. And uh, so you'll want to be a part of that. Come and, and uh, hear the music. And also uh, there will be several others that we're, we're contacting and pray, praying that they'll come and uh, help us out. So um, I just want to kind of let you know where we're at with that. Continue to pray that God will give us direction on filling this position. I think it's a vital position. It's a needed one. And uh, I know God has that individual, and I'm praying that God will lead us to the right person. Well, I began a series last week, as you well know, on worship. And um, worship is our priority. I uh, kind of gave an introduction from Psalms 95. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture. We're the sheep of his hand. I talked about Psalms 29.2, which says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. I talked about what true worship is from John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. I, barely, I basically touched on that, um, on that verse. Um, but the hour is coming, the Lord Jesus said, and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I, I, um, I highlighted a couple areas of worship, um, and I talked about four kinds of worship that, I, uh, first of all, I began by telling you what worship, uh, um, kind of an overview of worship, and then I continued on to talk to you, first of all, about what worship, um, kind of worships are unacceptable to God. Uh, we talked about the worship of false gods. When God told Isaiah, my glory I will not give to another, in Exodus 34, 14, God said again, you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. I talked about a, how God's jealousy is the right jealousy, because there is good jealousy, and God is jealous uh, for us, for um, our reciprocation back to him of praise and adoration to the God who has um, created us. So we talked about um, the worship of false gods, and, and how important uh, that is to him. Um, whether I mentioned this or not, and I think I did, and I know I did, we talked about uh, the worship of idolatry. We, look, we find in, in uh, the Old Testament, uh, with the, of course, one of the greatest examples of that is when Moses was in the, in the mountain getting the Ten, Ten Commandments from God, came down. Of course, the Israelites had, had taken their... Uh, their gold and jewelry and put it together to form a, a golden calf. And uh, we, we see and have seen in that passage how angry God was with 
with, those, uh, with the Israelites because their allegiance now um, was towards an, uh, an inanimate object. And God had, had revealed himself to them. Now, they were looking for a God to reveal himself as an animate object, and God never chose to do that um, in, in Scripture. God always chose to show himself in different signs and wonders to his, to his children, whether it would be that would be fire that consumed an offering from heaven, um, you know, through the manifestation of, of, of bread and, and, and manna and food for them in the wilderness, the manifestation of their shoes not wearing out as they walked through the wilderness. Um, that was an, an incredible, they should have been able to see that over 40 years, and yet their shoes didn't wear out. Um, you know, you think about the manifestation of God with a cloud that, that hid the sun and the fire that was there by night to lead and guide them. You think about the manifest, manifestation of God as they crossed the Red Sea and it departed for them and they went across on dry land. That's the way that God chose to manifest himself to his people in that time and yet they wanted to see something that was animate and so they built for themselves a, a, a golden calf. And because of that, God had obviously reprimanded them and thank God that, that Moses came along and he reminded God that the fact that, that God, you're not going to look very good in the eyes of the Egyptians because you brought these people out of the land of Egypt and now you're going to wipe them out. And scripture tells us that he stood in the gap for the children of Israel and, and they were, they were, most of them were saved. Um, unfortunately, there was 3,000 of them that were taken out because of their disobedience. And so the fact of the matter is God is concerned about our obedience and our worship and he wants us not to worship an animate object. He wants us to worship, he is animate, but a, 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 he wants us to worship him and him alone in the spirit of truth. And so, yeah, listen, there's a lot of things about worship that are good. We're worshiping today by giving. I think it's, it should be very clear um, that worship is not just about raising our hands and, and praising God through music on a Sunday morning or wherever we come together. It's much more than that. Worship is something that we do all week long. So, talk first of all about the worship of, of false gods. Secondly, uh, there's an, a, another second area of worship that is unacceptable to God, and that is um, the worship of the true God in the wrong form. And uh, Exodus chapter 31, verses 7 and 9 records God's response when Israel made a golden calf of worship, and we talked about that uh, intertwined with the other one. But I want to continue on, and I want to talk about a third kind of deviant worship this morning. And that is the worship of a true God in a self-styled manner. The worship of a true God in a self-styled manner. The Pharisees tried to do this, this worshiping of God in their own manner, by putting their traditions over Scripture. And we find that when they tried to put their traditions over scripture, what did Jesus do? He rebuked them. They said to Jesus, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. Jesus replied to them, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? By these Pharisees making hand washing a prerequisite for eating they were denying people the access to God. Let me make it clear. By the Pharisees making hand washing a prerequisite for eating, they were denying 
people access to God. When our traditions become our religion, we are in danger of not allowing people access to God by using their talents and their abilities to glorify God. Jesus said in verse 15, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. This quotation was from Isaiah. And this quotation from Isaiah accurately described the real problem with these religious leaders. They elevate a man's tradition to an equal with God's revealed word. Let me make it clear this morning. The statement's up here. Jesus didn't say all traditions are bad. He did not say all traditions are good. He compared traditions to the word of God and put them at a much lower priority than what God has said. And when tradition is without biblical merit, it is self-styled worship. I'm deeply concerned that our traditions have kept people away from their worship of God. At times, I feel like that our traditions have left off people that have incredible talent, and that talent could be on display for us every Sunday morning, but yet somehow our traditions have kept some of those people from the opportunity to be able to use their talents for access to God. I don't want to go into detail this morning. Let me make it clear. I definitely feel like there's... Uh, there are standards in God's word that we, that we are to be held accountable to. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. And I think it's important that we, we take those, those standards and hold, and, and hold people accountable to that. I think that's part of church membership. That's part of the reason why we are members. We, we want to be, listen, I, I want to be held, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. I want to be held accountable um, by you. I want to make it to heaven, folks. And if there's an area in my life that's lacking and you have concerns about that, even I don't care if I am the guy that stands behind this pulpit every Sunday, I hope that you are, are concerned about my well-being spiritually, that you would come to me and say, Pastor, I'm concerned. Now, you know, ah, uh, theology, theology. I am, I am full of it right now. So I finish up my master's and, and I'm just, uh, and I'm enjoying every second of that. I understand that there's a lot of controversy that comes with theology. And there's a lot of different ways that we can interpret Scripture. And I think that we need to be very careful how we interpret Scripture if we're interpreting it from somebody else's opinion or idea. And I'm telling you, those are good things. I'm not, I'm not denying our, our great commentators. I read after them. I read after other men, and I'm thankful for that. Before I prepare a sermon, I'm reading after other men. But you know who I really, really think that it's important for, for your pastor to read after? God. And God is going to be faithful to reveal his word to me. If I really want all of God and I want all of his word, he's going to be faithful to reveal his word to me. Listen, I have an astute and awesome responsibility as I stand on this pulpit, behind, on this platform, behind this pulpit, to rightly divide the word of truth to this congregation. I will be held accountable for that. 
And I am deeply, I should be deeply concerned as I spend time in prayer in God's word that I am doing everything in my power and I can lay my head down at night realizing that I've done everything in my power to take the word of God and rightly divide it to this congregation. By the way, I'm growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ every single day. You know, we have to, you know, growth can be called compromise sometimes. Hello, good evening. Well, he's, he's changed over the years, you know. There's a reason. I'm so thankful for change. Because I've, I, what, I am changing as I am immersing myself in the word of God and beginning to see that there are areas there that I have made mistakes in in my judgment of that, of, of that truth. And I want to be as accurate as I possibly can as God's minister of the gospel. Amen? And so... God's not saying here that Jesus was not saying here, again, that traditions are bad or all bad. He did not say that they were good. He simply uh, said to the Pharisees, you're putting your, your, your traditions over Scripture, over scriptural authority, and when you're doing that, you're not allowing people ask access to God because they didn't wash their hands the way that you thought that they should wash them, that, you, that they should be washed. Now, don't take the test this morning, but how many of you ever think you may have done something like that before? Well, maybe I'm the only guy. Maybe. I don't know. When it becomes a self-styled worship, it is an abomination to God. But I'm going to continue on with the last point this morning. I think there is a far more subtle kind of false worship than any of the three that we've already talked about. And the fourth one is the worship of the true God in the right way with a wrong attitude. If we eliminate all false gods, if we eliminate all images of the true God, and all self-styled modes of worship, our worship will still be unacceptable if the attitude of our heart is wrong. And I think when it comes to this attitude of worship, we should ask ourselves these questions. When it comes time to give, do you give the best of all that you have? Do you worship with a sense of awe and reverence? And is your worship singular? In Malachi chapter 1, God denounces the Israelites for the inadequacy of their worship. He said in verse 7, you are presenting defiled food upon my altar. You see, they were flippantly offering blind and, and lame and sick animals for sacrifice and in doing that, they were disregarding God's command to bring their very best to God as their offering. Folks, this was contemptible worship. Because God said later on in verse 10, I am not pleased with you, nor will I accept your offering. It was a contempt of what God had told them specifically to do when it came to worshiping him, and they flippantly came with animals that were, that were diseased and were not perfect, and God had told them specifically how they were to worship. And throughout Israel's history, they were constantly being warned about worship with the wrong attitude. Amos chapter 5, verse 21, God said through the prophet, I hate, he said, I despise your feast." 
And I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. For even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. What were they doing? Seemingly some of the very same things that we're doing our day. We can, we can, be, we can come with loud worship. By the way, there's nothing wrong with good loud worship. Nothing wrong with instruments used for the glory of God, used in different ways. It's so bad, it's so sad that the world has taken over some of our instruments so we can't use them in our, in our worship services anymore because they've abused them. Nothing wrong with that. But when that begins to drown out true worship to a holy God, we've got problems. We've got problems. Hosea, the prophet, said through God, he said, What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes early away. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. For as I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. What, what in the world is, is, is God more interested in? Is he more interested in our sacrifices, or is he more interested in our attitude? Well, it's very clear here. God is more interested in our individual heart and in our knowledge of him. Knowledge involves seeking to know who God is and then conforming to his image. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 Steadfast love is a heart that is wholly loyal to God. In other words, there are no other idols. By the way, I want you to know something. As I'm doing an in-depth study in holiness, and I know you're tired of hearing this, but that's okay. Listen, the idea is that you cannot be, be holy and, have, and, and worship another idol or God. You can't find, that is, is, is very imperative in the Old Testament and throughout the Old Testament that idols, God would not, would not tolerate the worship of idols. And that's the very heart of holiness. When worship becomes just a tradition or an act of disobedience alone, it can be done without the heart. Holy people worship with a pure heart. Purity is worship that is done with a singular heart and an attitude of humility. The Hebrew word for Perfect heart, shalim. Shalim. This interpretation or the interpretation of this phrase, perfect heart, is undivided loyalty to Yahweh. It is not about performance or perfect obedience. In the Old Testament, the kings that had a perfect heart, listen to me, were David, Asa, and Hezekiah. Perfect heart. David committed adultery. Asa made an alliance with a foreign king, and Hezekiah did the very same thing. In fact, so, so much so that the end ruin of Israel, of Judah, was because of the fact that Hezekiah brought in foreign leaders from Babylon and, so, and showed them the wealth 
of the kingdom, thinking somehow that that would make him fearful and he would go back and not take over the kingdom. But it just made him, gave him more energy. And unfortunately, the kingdom fell, even after a man who the scripture calls blameless, a man with a perfect heart, went out and brought in another king to uh, see the kingdom. Scripture says all these men had a shalim heart. So what does God want more than our obedience or our sacrifice? God wants a heart that is perfect toward him. Obedience is a response to God from a perfect heart. The theologian John Oswald said in his book, Called to be Holy, in response to King David's prayer in Psalms 139, 23 and 24. I'm going to read it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Oswell said about that, he said, thus a way that is perfect in the sense that it is marked by unblemished devotion and obedience may not be a way that is necessarily perfect in performance. God wants our undivided heart, and that devotion to him elicits obedience. Willful transgression does not come from a heart that is perfect. It comes from a heart whose loyalty is divided. By the way, I'm preaching on entire sanctification right now. I don't know if you figured that out yet. And I haven't used that word yet. It's a loyal heart. It's a heart without any other idols. It's a heart that is undivided. That's what it is. That's a holy heart. That's a shalim heart. And a heart that's not like that is a heart that is, un, is divided. It wants its own way. And if we're going to be completely surrendered um, to the lordship of Jesus Christ, we must give him our undivided devotion of love to him. A shalim heart has no rivals. It has no rivals. It wants all that God has for it. It's perfect. Perfect. I hope it's clear this morning. And I'm telling you something. This young man trying to figure out entire sanctification, I was so confused. I was pretty sure that I was never going to get it. I know it's shocking to you that I was a fiery competitor. Sure, it just shocks you to death. I didn't like losing and still don't. I had a, I had a, uh, an anger problem. And it runs in the powder family. I'm not looking at the other potters that are in here, and you may read. You know. Maybe you have some of those same problems too in your life. I don't know. Maybe we're not the only ones. So, man, I'll tell you, 
things didn't go my way, I didn't, I'd get angry. And um, one of the problems that I had was is I wasn't afraid to confront. And so more than one time, it got me in a whole lot of trouble. But I was seeking God with all my heart, and I really wanted to have victory over that. I felt like I had been saved, felt like that my sins were forgiven, and I couldn't figure it out. I thought, you know, and so where's this attitude coming? Where, 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 what's this attitude all about? And I was so thankful for men of God that were part of my life at that time who began to instruct and help me to understand that I didn't have to throw away my faith because I kicked a chair when I left the God's Bible School gym after getting beaten a game and I gave it all my all and somebody beat me. Because that was the, the attitude I had when that happened. I just lost it all. I'm done. And you've heard me say it before. I might as well go out and drink a beer right now because I'm totally backslidden and I'm not going to make it. Now maybe I'm the only guy that's like that. Maybe that's just old stuff, okay? That's, how, that's the way it was for me. And I was defeated more than I was, was undefeated in the sense of my spiritual relationship. I, I, was, I, was, I was just struggling doing things that I knew were wrong because I couldn't, I couldn't maintain this. I couldn't live this life. It was too high for me. It was this, this sinless perfection that I thought was, just had to be a part of my life. And, and so I, I struggled with that. Well, let me make it very clear. When I, when I, by the way, I want to make it very clear to you this morning, there are more than one definition of sin. And so if you, if you need help with that, come to me and I'll help you with it, all right, or somebody else. When we have, when we have made sin one definition across the board, okay, we, we've got serious problems, first of all, with our scripture because when we do that, we throw out the whole Old Testament as if it is, doesn't even exist. It happens on both sides, folks. It happens on both sides. You can see it, you can see it from, the, uh, from the Calvinistic view. If you have one definition, then you can't help yourself and you sin in word, thought, and deed, and you're always sinning. From our perspective, on the other side, you never can have victory because everything, you, you know, that, that if you sin, it's willful transgression. You definitely willfully transgress, transgress. So people don't want to call it that, and that's fine if you want to call it something different. The problem with that is egotism comes in. And I want to be, and I said it earlier, I want to be David. Because you don't find in, in, in that verse in, in Psalms 139 that David ever said that I sinned. In fact, I don't believe there was any sin at that given point when he wrote that verse in his life. What was he doing? He was simply saying, I'm conscientious about everything in my life, and I, if there's any sin in my life, please, Lord, search me and try me and see. And if there is, then bring it to light, and I'll, and I'll ask for your forgiveness because I'm so thankful that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses. Amen? If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm, I'm, I'm here on purpose this morning. I'm trying to help our young people understand our, our doctrines. We've made it more difficult than what it is. Sins of ignorance. Scriptural. You can call them infirmities if you want to, and that's fine. I choose not to. I call it by the biblical definition. And I will tell you this morning that those sins that we do not know that we commit 
are covered by the blood of Jesus. It's the efficacious blood of Jesus that cleanses them. I don't have to worry about them, amen? They're cleansed. Praise God. They're cleansed. But if he brings them to light in our life, we better ask for forgiveness, amen? And he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Praise the Lord. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, I'll give you the, 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 the verse. If we walk in the light and see it as a light, the blood of Jesus Christ just cleanses us once. It cleanses us. It's ongoing. It's efficacious. It's there to cleanse the heart of the one that has an undivided heart, which is a perfect heart towards him. That's what he's looking for. There's no other idols. That's worship. That's worshiping God when you leave this sanctuary this morning and you walk out those doors. You're continually in, a, in an attitude of worship to him. In fact, you spend many more hours outside the doors of this sanctuary than you do in. So if you're only worshiping when you're coming here, you're not worshiping the true and living God. You're just giving him lip service. Worship is a heart that is steadfast, he talks about in Scripture. Hased, that's the, that's the Hebrew word for steadfast love. There's a steadfastness. David said, Psalms 51, created me a steadfast heart. Cleanse me, steadfast. Hased. Shalim Hart has no rivals. Shalim Hart does not willfully transgress, folks. Let me make it clear. Does not, does not disobey. Can it? Yes. Yes. Should it? No. Folks, when Jesus saves us, he cleans us up. When Jesus saves us, he comes in and fills us with his spirit. We have, we have put such a small emphasis on salvation by faith in Jesus Christ in, 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 our, in our circles, and we put more on the entire sanctification part of it. Salvation cleans you up. Sal, salvation changes the life and the heart of, the, of, of any individual. It makes, it makes us a new creature in Christ Jesus. Our loyalty may be divided at salvation. And that's where the infilling of the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us about those areas in our heart that are not submitted to Jesus Christ and, and are undivided. And that's where entire sanctification comes in when we yield those areas to him and say, Lord, I yield that area to you. Because I want that heart that is perfect and pure and holy. That's the heart of worship. And so my questions as we close this morning are, are you giving your best to God in worship? Is your heart totally devoted to his lordship? John MacArthur, who I don't agree with in all of his, his doctrine of theology, but I do agree with this statement. He said, when the church fails to worship properly, it fails in every other area. It doesn't end after service today. It just begins 
because it's a heart that's continually worshiping in wholehearted devotion to him. And that is what brings glory to God. God is glorified in our perfect heart. <laughs> Amen. Our undivided loyalty. That's how he's glorified in our lives. As I was preparing this sermon and walking this, this sanctuary, I was crying out to God that he would continue to help me to have an undivided heart towards him and that I would glorify him with that undivided heart to a world that desperately needs to see people that are loyal to him. I don't, I don't want to go out and, 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 and intermingle with a, crowd, a worldly crowd that is serving Satan, folks. I want to go out there and intermingle with a crowd with a perfect heart so that I can show them what that looks like. Amen? Because that's what brings glory to God. That's what glorifies God. Our lives that are wholly submitted to his lordship and we can go out into a world and they can see there is something different about those people. They are wholly devoted to something. Why do they do what they do? Why did they go to the, um, to, to the, to the, um, to the lion's dens or, or those places they were thrown in with a spirit that was, that, that was beautiful? Why were they, many that were used as human torches and yet without complaint because they were showing this undivided love And so next week we will continue on in this series as we answer the question and try to do our best. Then how shall we worship? How shall we worship? Worship is an attitude of the heart. Worship begins when we submit ourselves to his lordship. Worship is an everyday occurrence in the heart and the life of the believer. And I want to worship him this morning. I want an undivided heart that is wholly committed, submitted to his lordship. You don't think the devil comes in and tries to convince me to divide my loyalty? He does. And he does to you too. And he'd love to get you to turn your back on God in some area that you know you shouldn't. He'd love to. May, may we give him our undivided loyalty this morning. Let's stand together. Anybody want to pray this morning? I know we've got a meal going on. It's been a good day. You need to pray. You feel like that you're, you're struggling with your, your, with your loyalty? Do you feel like that you're wholeheartedly committed to, the, to, the, to Christ this morning? Or do you feel like there are areas in your life that you're holding back? There's areas in your, in your heart that you want to take control of and, and you want to uh, um, make decisions on. We can pray together this morning as we close. If you're like that, and the Holy Spirit has placed his finger on an error in your life that you haven't given completely over and totally over to God this morning. He brings it to your, to your mind today. I pray that you'll fall on your face and cry out that God would help you to have that shalim heart, to have that perfect heart before him, an undivided heart 
that says, Lord, I want all of you. There are no other idols. <laughs> there are no other idols. We talked about the idol of materialism last week. There's no other idols. Because idol worship, as I said last week, doesn't begin with a sculptor's hammer and a chisel. It begins in the mind. It begins in the mind. May we be holy and totally submitted to his lordship. And I tell you something, your, your worship will immediately change. Your worship, your attitude, because you come with an attitude of submission when you walk in to the corporate place of worship and we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ to lift up the name of Jesus. Father, help us. Help us. May we be totally submitted and committed to your lordship in every single area of our lives. Thank you for the infilling of your Holy Spirit at, at, at salvation into our lives, Lord. Thank you, dear Lord, for cleaning us up. Those acts of sin, Lord, that we once did, no, Lord, we no longer do because we're, we've, been, we've been forgiven, and we're thanking you for that. But yet in many hearts, and most, there's still, there's still division. There's still something in that heart that says, I want to do at times the way I want to do it. And Lord, you begin to place your finger upon that area. And when you do, the heart of the, of the person that is saved says, yes, Lord, I, I, I immediately obey. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll go with us this morning. You'll continue to speak to our hearts. I pray, dear Lord, that this truth of worship will settle in upon each believer that's here this morning and those maybe here that are non-believers. I pray, oh God, that your Holy Spirit will deal with our hearts, Lord, and we'll be sensitive to your spirit. And dear Lord, we'll walk in the light and we'll be faithful to you. Go with us. Keep your hand upon us, we pray. Father, we'll praise and thank you for all that you do in Jesus' holy name. Amen. God bless you.